Yeah, I'm, I'm helping some hack uh, fucking make money. And welcome to the Toogie Steak Podcast. The perfect, the perfect segue. Isn't that right, Endo Mills? Yes, it is. Welcome yeah. to another episode of the Toogie Steak Podcast. As Toogie said, I am halfway awake. But I am here. We are talking about yet again another division today in the podcast. You know, our little preview right before the season starts. And with us today, our lovely guest. You've seen him on Twitch. You've seen him on TikTok. You've seen him probably somewhere on the internet or at Arizona Coyotes games in the beautiful Mullet Arena. The lovely, beautiful father figure for all of us at Medium Elite, Deke Slayer. How are you doing? I don't know if I can ever, I don't know how to come into that. That's the best thing anybody's <laughs> ever said about me. I'm it's honored. okay. Like it's my actual to be dad, here. Thank you so much for having me and uh, allowing me to uh, make, probably make a fool of myself. So I'm really excited. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, It's okay. You know, you can, you can keep up to the bed. It's fine. It's like my actual dad. Just say you're going to leave for pizza and end up in Vegas. You know, it's fine. I've done that before. Wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> you have done that to us before. Done that. <laughs> like, All right, I'll be back. I'm done in Vegas. <laughs> Crazy. God, beautiful. Deke, take it is it good. I'm going to go make coffee. Jesus. Yeah, you go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Deke, it's good to have you back on the show. This time, not like tied to any sort of like negative or at least outright negative circumstances. Know, Last it's time good was... to be here when it's not a bad news for my team. I'm very excited. Uh, last time it was once the uh, Tempe Arena vote failed back yeah. in what was that? February oh, yeah. Or something yeah. like that. So, yeah, that was. Uh... Um, yeah, it's Fun. it's good to have you on the show and to be able to talk all about the the wonder known as Logan Cooley and the uh, excitement level. And just to update or, you guys that uh, landfill is still there. They have not turned it into a park for children or whatever the hell Tempe first said it was going to be. So there you go. There's I update. can't wait to have you on the show a year from now, two <laughs> years from now, <laughs> three years from now. And it's, it's just great. the landfill update still going to yeah. be there. Every preseason preview, we'll do a landfill update. Maybe I'll go out there and take pictures. Still here. <laughs> Please. Still a landfill. Honestly, I need you to do that for Instagram and just like tag the city of Tempe. I should. I think I will. <laughs> That's not just like from month- hockey practice. So, yeah. Just like monthly updates of like, it. that could be the perfect account. Is the Tempe yeah. landfill still there? Yes. Yep. <laughs> they do anything with it? No. No, they, they never will. No. <laughs> God. <laughs> Uh, well, the good news is we're going to be able to get into our whole kind of central division breakdown on the show rather quickly today because there is not much to talk about uh, in the hockey world that's happened over the course of the weekend, with the exception, and we'll, we'll start off with this before getting to some viewer questions, uh, with the exception of the news today that Trevor Zegers finally signed with the Anaheim Ducks. And I will give uh, one Pat Verbeek credit in a sense. I said it was kind of ridiculous to expect to sign Trevor Zegers for under 6 million, but they did at 5.75 for the next three years. He'll still be an RFA when the deal is up. Uh, so, you know, I, I give them credit. I think they kind of got the deal that they wanted. I don't see why they had to try to kind of mess around with their face of the franchise level prospect here, but they did, but Hey, it all worked out in the end. I suppose that's really all I have to add about the whole Trevor Zegers thing at this point. Aside from, I don't know, he'll do a Michigan this year, probably. So that'll be fun. 
as we all will in NHL, because now it's just one. Yeah, button. all he's damn it, all he's got to yeah, do is press Y to. God, I believe I saw a clip from uh, from from Nasher today that uh, he pulled off a of Michigan on accident. So <laughs> I wish I had that problem. Well, you might, and you know, <laughs> we can have. Pro- oh man, I'm suddenly good at this game. I'm accidentally good at a game. Crazy. Yeah, I want that. Please. Well, we can get into that because obviously, like the big thing is like we are recording this as NHL 24 is live for the content creators, at least the the GCs, the design council, call them whatever you will. Uh, obviously, a lot of people are are big mad about it, um, but that's hilarious because it happens every single year. So it's almost say. as if the people that claim oh scheduled tweet are the ones who are also scheduling their tweets of getting mad about this. Uh, but Deke. NHL 24, obviously 23, you have talked about quite a bit of not being a game that uh, wasn't no. quite a game that you enjoyed. No, I wouldn't say it was a game I enjoyed at all. Um, I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to trash it. I mean, it's it's done. We're, we're on to a new game. But uh, it just for me, the last from 23 to 22 to 21 have all felt like the exact same game to me. And when you stream that as your primary game. You, 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 the, the, the desire, the hunger to play this game, it just, you know, without any exciting, something new, innovative or, or what have you, it just kind of kills your, kills your desire to play the game on a, on a routine basis. So I am hopeful that 24 uh, is going to be better for all of us. Um, I know what we can expect coming with franchise mode, um, but I know that, uh, you know, hopefully there's a, there's a brighter future for franchise as we, as we move down the road with future NHL games. Here's hoping. <laughs> here's hoping uh obviously I, i've made my uh my thoughts pretty clear on on franchise and just how i do think it's it's better unfortunately it is so well tied into the uh the state of their provided rosters which are the worst they've ever been in contention so it's i mean you're right there i mean all they got to do is write you a check i mean this isn't <sighs> hard if do only. it if only it's it's almost at the point where the mental i'm not i'm not going to say i would do it for free but i'm not not saying it either that's what they're holding out for they want you to say you'll do it for free well i already do with the roster sharing right so shot myself in the foot with that one didn't i I pushed too hard for roster sharing instead of employment (laughs) and now here we are i'm screwed the time's gone (laughs) now like we don't need to pay him got him gave him the give him the feature he wanted good (sighs) I really did play myself, didn't I? I'm yep. just now realizing that. That's but you got roster oh. sharing. You got roster sharing. There you go. <laughs> Not cross-platform though. No, not yet. That's so a future iteration. Station user can just be like, "Oh God, who's out there?" Which is all I've been hearing. So sorry if there's any good PlayStation creators out there, because uh, yeah. Oh no. Anyway. With that, we'll get into some viewer questions. Before we do, we need to mention, as always, this podcast brought to you by our lovely friends at Manscaped.com. want to remind you, of course, you can get 20% off your order. I can't speak. And free shipping. When you use code TOOGIE, T-O-U-G-I-E, at Manscaped.com. Manscaped, the best you can get. The pinnacle, the peak in the world of grooming. Whether it's, uh, well, up, up here or down there, they got you covered. Manscaped.com. Use code TOOGIE. Deke, I don't know if you saw the clip from uh, our last viewer questions segment. I did not. 
that's good. So you might not know what you're getting yourself into. Oh, good. That, I that can't should wait. Be... It's a fun surprise. I can't wait. Yep. Yep. This should be this should be good. Uh, we will start off. <laughs> God. There's a reason why we run with the tagline hockey broadcast, because we pretend this podcast is about hockey, but then we get viewer questions like this from Young Burrito. I'm going to read this verbatim. If you lead one country, who would you lead? That is how it was written. If you lead one country, who would you lead? Sin, who would you lead if you lead one country? Finland! Good country. Yeah. Yeah. Endo, who would you lead if you lead one country? Uh, the Democratic Union of Sleeptopia. Good country. I don't oh, know. Is it a country if it's a Democratic Union? Dude, fucking, I don't know, man. I could really say some things about places that are countries that sh that maybe are not actually countries right now, but I plead the fifth. All right. Deke Slayer, if you could lead one country, what country you lead? I'm going to pick the most random one I could think of, and that was Trinidad and Tobago. I believe it's just an island. Nice. Like, I was gonna, there you go. I was going to do the same thing and go with Botswana. Yeah. <laughs> Yugoslavia. <laughs> Bring back Yugoslavia, unless you, you find go. that statement offensive, which you might, because, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, Jesus, I've had to deal with five years of people being like, you should do a USSR franchise, and I'm like, sir! No, you should do USSR! You I should. should not! Yes, you should! Yeah, now's a great time to do a franchise mode That's about Russian takeovers. Yes! <laughs> great time. Perfect! It's topical, at least. But... Yes, do it. Yeah, and then all the clicks, fucking pinko liberal. <laughs> and then, then toward, then towards the end of the franchise mode, you're you're able to draft players from Afghanistan for one year. Yeah, single yeah. year. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna divide Germany within the game, but um, we'll figure that one out too. Um, it'll be a fun time. It'll be a fun time. It won't be at all. Ah, uh, God, next up. What's the most impressive non-hockey stat you've seen from a hockey player? I don't... The, Dustin Penner got hurt eating pancakes. Is that a stat? The Is most non-hockey non stat. That's not, that's not a stat then, right? Because stat implies it's tracked. That's a, that's a man. Next up, from yep. our favorite, Sister Christian Cage, a.k.a. Hawks. Um, what, what is each of your go-to fall slash winter beverage of choice? God, they, they're well, hitting you with the hard-hitting questions. Yeah, today. these, these suck, suck today. today, man. <laughs> Where's Piney? He's he's coming up. He's coming up. Okay, he wants to take first on the drop. Of oh my god, uh, pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, I'm gonna go for pumpkin spice soy. latte and uh, my UGG boots. Yeah, you know, I think I look good. Extra though. soy for my fucking. I, if I enjoy a drink, a season doesn't stop me from enjoying it. I will enjoy it off season. Yep. You're a madman. <laughs> like three summer weather since drinking hot chocolate in California. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually never drink hot chocolate, so there you go. Unbelievable. <sighs> I don't have an answer. You've never had hot like chocolate. Mind you, they're an energy drink or coffee, whatever has caffeine in it. Just give it to me. You go. So it's, it's never a wrong time. Endo can subscribe to that based off of today. <laughs> He's waking up. Uh, He's coming to life. From Reds Rebels, can I have an NHL 24 code? 
Um, I will direct you uh, to, to the huge uh, TV. <laughs> yeah, I was exactly. just gonna say YouTube. I was just gonna go right to Tugi. He loves it. He loves giving out codes. Yeah, uh, I'm. 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 Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm not a game changer. No. <laughs> Are you not? <laughs> yes, he is. Oh. yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. But he gets to his first launch as a game changer, Ooh. and now he's changing up real quick on you. Look you know, the this. funny thing is, in my YouTube banner, I've had Game Changer up there because when I got accepted to do it by Flopfish was when yeah. it was like Game Changer upper tier and Game Changer lower tier, and then they changed right. them to Playmaker or whatever. I didn't change my banner because it looked good, and and now I'm now I'm not lying anymore. <laughs> Although to be fair, I... with with the community's seemingly disdain for game changers i probably wasn't doing myself any favors by keeping it up there in my youtube banner look yeah. cool. probably not no i mean it's it's better to you know to rally against the evil game changers yeah like like deke slayer <laughs> pure evil. yeah all the all the game changing i'm doing ruining it for all of you hut players yeah now the market's oh bad blame deke slayer that's my fault no, the just pressure blame, system. Just blame all sleeves again. Like, my my yeah. fault. The goalie exhaust system. My fault. Totally. <laughs> no GM. You don't get the McDavid in your open your your opening day hut packs. My fault. Thanks, so Obama. <laughs> I want that. I want that. I want that hate on Twitter. I mean, I hey, the it. engagement. You know. Yeah. That's exactly why I want it. <laughs> just think about the engagement. That's all I'm thinking about. Get me paid on that website. Get me paid anywhere I can. I don't care. <sighs> God, you got to be like Neeler and just the second podcast mentioned in a row for Neeler. Just, <laughs> just hate he's, on the Ottawa Senators. On so, go hate on, go hate on Chicago. Like that's perfect. Oh, that's <laughs> a good mm. Just go hate oh. on every single Chicago post. There you go. <sighs> From one a rogue pineapple. Because some of the other ones, there was one about the dumbest sports injury, which I already said it was Dustin Penner getting hurt eating pancakes, which isn't surprising. Um, he, he did shout out Detroit Tigers legend Joel Zamaya getting hurt due to playing too much Guitar Hero, though, which yep. is... That was going to be my go-to. Yes. There you go. What is the worst stress dream you've ever had? This one's far too real. Mine was, oh. I put at an event, I was put at an event with a bunch of people and when we got out, it was late at night, and my mail truck was waiting for me full of mail, and I started delivering my route. Um, that's a hell of a stress dream. Boy, you guys just set up Deke Slayer for failure here. We got nothing to no. go with. Oh, I can, I can work with this one. I can work with okay. this one. Okay. Oh, my All God. Right, so, so repeat the question, because I want to make sure I answer it right. Your worst, worst stress, stress dream? dream that you've ever had. Okay, so mine sucks, but I, I, I got something. So um, 10 years after, so I graduated from college in 2006. 10 years after I graduated college, I was still having dreams that I had papers that were never turned that I didn't turn in a paper or that I was going to fail a test I didn't study for. And I wake up cold sweat and I go, graduated college 10 years ago. What the hell am I worried about? And I still, I don't do it anymore, but I did have them all the way up to well, as well out of college. Like, That's fair. It sucks. And for those of you who go to college, you know what I'm talking about. So it'll happen to you. Be like me. Don't go to college. Yeah, just don't go, honestly. <laughs> Could or, I go, or go no. a little bit and drop out and accrue a ton of debt. There yeah, you go. There you go. That's what yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah. About that. <laughs> oh, uh, honestly, that, have... that dream is not uncommon. Like, I, I have it now, but like high school for some fucking reason. Like, it'll be like me and my current age and state of mind. 
but like oh you you forgot to like hand in like 50 different assignments and you're 25 now and you don't know if you've graduated or not or if your diploma is even real and i wake up and i'm like what what is wrong with me i completely i shaked i dapped up my principal's like hand getting my diploma why am i freaking out so much about like not graduating it just doesn't go away is the problem like that that stress that they instill in all of us will never go away we'll always be haunted by it just how it works hate to say it you can't escape it um i don't really feel like i get stress dreams to be honest i don't Um, remember most of my dreams these days I don't know what that says about me. (laughs) Maybe. uh... (laughs) But I mean, I do. I do have stress dream. I'm not going to say the real one because it's it's a fucking downer. But I will say I will bring up this fever dream I I had once that I remember vividly to this day when I was a kid, like 12. Um, I got really sick when I was visiting my friend in L.A. and like was sick on the flight home and stuff like that. And that night I went to sleep. And in my dream, I was just stuck on endless escalators at the fucking airport, not oh being able to find where I could go constantly, just constantly wow. stuck on escalators and unable <laughs> to find where my gate was. Um, and that's an awful fever dream, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll go with that. I mean, at least at least what's being mentioned, obviously, I feel like with a stress dream, it's inherently going to be practical. You know, it's that idea of like, all right, it's going to be based off an experience or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, my life has been stressful enough that those I don't need the stress dreams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just good yeah. to go. My stress <laughs> actually keeps me up at night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never, I never have the time to actually dream about the stress when it just keeps me perpetually awake. It's perfect, absolutely perfect. Uh, our final question uh, comes from me. Deke Slayer, true or false, you are the greatest FC24 goal scorer alive. Oh, true. 100%. Uh, My goals to games and everything like that, shot ratio, all of it is like near the tops. I mean, one goal on one shot. I mean, it it doesn't get any better. Your first shot. Yeah. First shot ever uh, of EAFC24. Went in, was a goal. Um, I have considered retirement. Um, (laughs) You know, going out on top, uh, at the top of my game, I, I think is something that... Uh, I have looked deep inside of myself to see if that's what I want to do. And I haven't quite come to that decision yet, um, but it's there. I mean, it's, you know, you you, 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 you you come in a champion and you go out a champion. I mean, that's, it feels good, man. And I'm just, uh, I think I'm going to, I think that might be, that might be a real thing that I have to consider. So I'll update you. Um, but retirement is definitely on the table after a, after a performance like that. The potential end of an era as uh <laughs> That was a really fun night, though. Yeah, that was that was a fun night. We've played a lot of pro clubs uh, in the past two weeks or so. Yeah, it's fun, man. Yeah, I know. I like. I feel like I should try it at some point, even though I'm not a big soccer fan. It's a fun game. It is. Yeah, I don't feel like you have to be a big soccer fan to enjoy. It helps, obviously, like anything else. But you know, most of that stream is memeing and playing GeoGuessr with pro clubs so it's like nhl (laughs) yes yes let's be honest which um yeah now we get to see uh deke take to the uh virtual ice instead of the virtual pitch and i can't wait to get angry at that yeah this is why my beard's white (laughs) damn hockey game 
ruined everything. I was looking at a clip of myself from when I first started streaming back in 2019. I got a full color in my beard. <laughs> it wasn't age that did it. It was that damn video game. And you will never convince me otherwise. I believe Ever. it, to be honest. And I'm fatter, too, so that's also NHL, uh, the gaming's fault. So I blame the game for that, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm fat, and I'm... <laughs> oh, and I don't have any hair anymore. So. Well, I didn't anyway, but, you know. I was going to say, yeah, when you first started, you didn't anyway. Didn't, I didn't have any hair in a little bit. Just a less now, so it's NCS fault too. So, so you know, that's whatever. We'll just pile on everything. I mean, it's it's still not as drastic of a change as the uh, the picture that you've shown from you <laughs> in your what early twenties, early to yeah. mid twenties, compared to what you look like now. A little fatty that I was, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll say it. I'll say it. Um, no, yeah, that was that was a different guy back then. Trust me, I've got worse, and uh, someday I'll put those out, and you can see uh, how just different i look um i, need, I, need, I had glasses I need to see and i was 300 pounds and it was a thing it's an experience <laughs> there there a is the running experience. joke there is the running joke that we are on like the same timeline <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> i i have seen the joke in regards to that picture of oh deke slayer was toogie so you know. yeah it's crazy Long. yeah we'll have to do that we'll do it did anybody do a side by side yet did somebody i'm here to see it because it gives me potential hope. All right, <laughs> I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right with losing the hair and going gray. I just need to. You're gonna age gracefully. Yes. Here's Promise. here's open. <laughs> you got that. Uh, with that, we will get into talking about the old Pacific Division here because, uh, well, as mentioned, it's uh, it's it's NHL 24 day, and I know Deke Slayer is chomping at the bit, so excited to get to uh, some lovely NHL 24 gameplay. Really am. Uh, with that, we're going to go in reverse order from worst to best in terms of this division from last season, which means we are starting off with everyone's favorite team, the Chicago hockey team. Yeah. Or should I say Connor Bedard and his band of merry men? God, uh, I will say real team. quick, man, that is, that is a hockey team. And the press has... Like just fun, just just like two, like one hand on the bottom, oh, just the whole time. But Bedard, he does anything, he does anything. They're just gawking him, and I understand why. I completely understand why. This is a amazing prospect, amazing player, but at the same time, it is the equivalency of the NFL shoving Taylor Swift down everyone's throat. Oh, I don't want to get started on that. Yeah, I mean, at least Connor Bedard is on the ice, though. You know? Oh, okay. It's wait, wait, wait till next year. Taylor Swift's gonna take the field, take by storm. <laughs> Quarterback Taylor Swift. Bedard by then. <laughs> and tight no, end Taylor Swift. And uh, it, you know, the NHL put out this tweet where it's like they were asking like some stupid question to Bedard, and all these the comment was like, "I like hockey," and they made a whole post about it. And I'm actually trying to find it because it's so stupid. It's like, yeah, who, yeah, who cares? And then they made they made this TikTok where he's like, it was this play against the Red Wings, which granted it was a solid deke on his part. He didn't score, but they're like, man, they are just chomping at the bit for anything oh from this kid. Like, just it was fucking it was safe. full. Like, Any positive was like, news for Chicago is welcome at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got the Rocky patch on their jersey though for this season. So yeah, they had a yeah. Rocky patch for last. Last, <laughs> uh, the second most Let's offensive thing on their on their jersey. So, is oh. <sighs> God. In terms of the team, though, like obviously there's going to be a lot more optimism this season. They should be a better team 
than 59 points, 26 wins from last season. Just inherently, it's a better roster. Um, you get Taylor Hall, a lot of younger talent on that team as well that might be able to step up and into that lineup. They're going to be a better team. It's just the question of how good will they be? Um, obviously, with Connor Bedard, too, the, the biggest thing is just like, I... I do, you obviously can't blame them. I don't think anybody can for overhyping every little thing that he does. And honestly, it's a good thing. Like, you could argue maybe it's a, a little bit too much in a, a certain direction. But compared to how the NHL used to struggle to market their players, um, I'd rather have them trying too hard than too little. Yeah. Is the league desperate for a face of the a face for the league? Like, they pushed Sidney Crosby so hard uh, in the you know mid-2000s when he got drafted. Have they just not had that, and that's why they're pushing so Bedard so hard? Probably. McDavid is a bit too awkward. Uh, ever since that uh, <laughs> that famous interview when he's talked about Zach Cassian banging dudes out there, um, <laughs> like he, yeah, he, he just isn't charismatic. Let's say that he's a fucking magician. He has the personality just, of a of a brick. Yeah, he has zero personality. Um, I think that's why people freaked out about Matthew Kachuk in the playoffs. It's just the yeah. idea of like, oh my god, a player has personality. Yeah, and then. Yep. Zegers looked like he could have been on his way, and then all of a sudden, I don't know why, now a bunch of people hate him. And I cannot figure out why people hate him. I'm I'm looking, I, I don't know. What did he do? Did he do anything? A like, showboating kid doesn't know how to get bucks <laughs> in the corner and fight his way to the front of the net. He tries to scale. It's disrespectful. That, that's why. Is that it, though? Oh, my God. Yes. That's, it's just that's weird. It. That's it. Why, why do people want to want to gatekeep like the sport so bad it's very, very i don't weird. know it's i, I the, don't well, know it's the wokeification sin of the of the nhl i want to see big meaty men banging in the corner i don't want to see me. i don't want to see michigan's me. <laughs> the only meat one of the michigan's i want michigan's just beat each other up i want to see pulp I want to see Tony Twist's nose live up to his namesake after Jesus 17 Christ. fights a game. I don't want to see skill. Show me grit and toughness, you, men. Quick thing about Tony Twist. Did you know he got sued for ruining uh, for, what was it? God, what was it? He was playing the minors and he, he beat up a goalie during a game. And then the goalie pressed charges against him. Now that's hockey. That <laughs> is hockey. That's He's like, oh, he was a, he was a prospect. And he was like, yeah, I played like two games in the NHL and then I got beat up by Tony Twist and now I have like concussions and everything. And I was like a really fucking good goalie coach who's like worked with a lot of top goalies and he just, yeah. I want Bill Guerin assaulting his teammate in practice. <laughs> yes, brother. Now that's hockey. <laughs> I want him giving leg drops on the ice, brother. <laughs> God. So anyway, Chicago, uh, again, they will be a better team this year. There's going to be obviously a lot about Connor Bedard. Um, I'd say the best question would be the question everyone's asking. If you had to guess, how many goals does Connor Bedard score in his rookie season? I'd like to think 30. I'm going to say yeah. 40. Okay. 30 is a safe say bet. I'm leaning yeah, towards I took 30, the right? Safe bet it is that. a safe bet, but he's better than Matthews. Like, he's going to be better than Matthews. Sorry, Toronto, but he's going to be better than Matthews. How dare Listen you? Listen here, you How little shit. How dare you? 
Matthew's got like yes, Matthew's had a better supporting cast, but Bedard has a better release. Don't at me. Like that release is a disgusting. I mean, he might have he might have the best shot release of all time. <laughs> like, he might. It, it's absolutely unreal. And the fact is, he has way better handles than Matthews too at the age he is at now. That's fair. He's, he's more of a game changer than Matthews is already. And I know I'm gonna catch hella heat for saying it, but he has way more upside now. I think 30 is probably the safe bet and probably going to be a more correct bet than me saying 40 because he has so little supporting cast, but he can also do a ton on his own. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Who's the but other I, one? I, Taylor I, Hall I, and who else? Oh, yeah. Is it a fantasy? Okay. Yeah, I was going to say right so. now, cap friendly, <clears throat> excuse me, has uh, Tyler Johnson on the right wing of that line. Oh, <laughs> Here you go. Drink some so, water, buddy. It's right. all good. Yeah, I know. I'm dying over here. Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely dying. But yeah, right now it's Tyler Johnson listed on that line. That could obviously change. It was modified an hour ago, though, based on when I uh, loaded up the page. So I imagine it's somewhat accurate. But yeah, who knows? I mean, it does seem like Taylor Hall will be glued to Connor Bedard this season. And uh, rightfully so. Yeah. Um, Taylor Hall's contract is up not at the end of this year, but at the end of next year. And me thinks he will be getting decently paid once that deal is up. He's already making six million against the cap, so I mean, uh, he'll be making at least that, despite being uh, in his mid thirties when the deal happens to end. Yeah. So uh, I don't think there's anybody that expects Chicago to be worse than they were last year. The team that finished in seventh, the Arizona Coyotes, Hi, seventh place. We weren't last. We were supposed to be, but we weren't. You guys were touted to be the worst team in league history, as I Yes, as my Which recollection is weird. up. Yeah, there were and people, yet you I've, finished I've, uh, sixth last in the NHL. Yep, and <laughs> it was actually not miserable watching that team. I mean, we knew what we were going to be, um, but you know, going to games. I mean, like, okay, there's some life here. I mean, I mean, just a reminder, you know, since we're going to bag on Toronto. Um, the Maple Leafs have did not beat the Coyotes at all. In fact, let me rephrase that. The Coyotes beat the Maple Leafs uh, through the entire calendar year of 2022. Oh, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, something to, that we kind of built off of, I think, uh, and got a lot of wins that uh, I don't think a lot of people saw us getting. Um, I think that there was uh, it's a lot of little disappointment within our fan base that we weren't going to get Bedard. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. We held out hope. Um, mm. But when we knew we were going to be the sixth team, yeah, it was, was fleeting at best. But... Uh, yeah, that draft uh, surprised us. I know that's another conversation, but um, regardless, I mean, the, the the team on ice last year was was not great, and we finished, I think, above everyone's expectations. And so kind of getting into this year, you know, you look at all the additions we've made with uh, Kerfoot, uh, Zucker, um, brought Bukestad back, and uh, Matt Dumba now on defense. You know, I know Matt Dumba's not the player he used to be, but again, this team should be better overall standings wise are we going to win the division no are we going to make the playoffs i still don't think so i still but i think we're better than a seventh place team this year and i think there's going to be a, there's a lot of room for improvement and you know if any of these guys that we've signed to one-year deals and this team you know falls out well that's more trade that's just more trade bait for for bill armstrong to acquire more picks and we just keep doing this until <laughs> we've got a whole team of drafted players as if they need more draft picks uh right now for those who do not know this upcoming draft, 2024, their own first rounder, three second rounders, and three third rounders. 
2025, their own first rounder, four second rounders, and two third rounders. 2026, their own first, three seconds, and two thirds. It's pretty good. Yeah, we got Jesus. a lot of stuff. Bill Armstrong's playing franchise mode is what yeah. Bill Armstrong's doing right now. It's crazy. And when we um, uh when he got hired, he was his plan was the long game. Like this was hmm. always like what he wanted to do. So he's doing it. And I can't imagine he won't be given the time to kind of continue doing this. And I mean, especially too, like you get the the huge, huge boost to this team that is Logan Cooley signing. When, you know, there was the word out there of like, oh, there's no way he's going to sign. And then like two days later, he did, because that's how news media works in, in sports mm-hmm. at this point. Um, I think it was Frank Saravalli, like an hour before Zegras signed with the Ducks, who said, oh, the last I heard, they're way far apart. And lo and behold, he signed today. Um, and obviously he had his uh, his star making performance, you could say, in Australia, yeah. where people just realized like, oh, Oh, he can do that. Yeah. Even in the even in the course of a preseason game, it doesn't matter. That was beyond impressive. And I I get, you know, that whole idea of, oh yeah, man, damn, if only in this draft we did have a top three pick, because little did you know you could have landed Fantilli at number three. Yep. Um but I do still like, I mean, that idea of Logan Cooley eventually being the number one guy. Right now, Cap Friendly has Barrett Hayton listed as the number one center. Yep. And I know a lot of people are just like, oh, bust. Fifth overall pick in 2018 is not that good. Barrett Hayton is one of the kind of surprises in the league where I think if he was on a Montreal, he would have the reputation of someone like Philip Deneau, where they are somewhat similar players. Uh, It's just obviously he has that history of like, oh, you were a fifth overall pick and taken, uh, well, two picks before Quinn Hughes, for example. Uh, but that 2018 draft was a, a bit of a minefield in the first round anyway. So, And I, you look at Barrett Hayton, and I, you know, he lost a year of development because of COVID. And huh. I think he's turned into, at least for us, the, the that top six that we expected him to be. Hmm. You know, I don't think he was ever expected to be, you know, a lead at all. I think he was just expected to be that top six center that this team desperately needed. And he's turned into that, and he's going to be with Nick Schmaltz. He'll be with Keller this year. And I think he's going to have a, a pretty damn good year, honestly. Um you know, I'm excited to see what that first line is. And then if you got a second line that has Logan Cooley and, and Dylan Gunther on it, you know, we'll see what, you know, what this top six is going to look like. So I'm excited. That's why I'm so excited to watch this team and, and go to Mullet Arena and see them. A lot of great. Oh, you, mean, you mean you don't have to go all the way to Salt Lake City? What happened no, to that? I don't have to go to Salt Lake City. I don't have to go to wherever the hell we're moving this week. I don't know. Quebec. <laughs> it's, it's Houston. I've, I've quit trying to argue with people who are like, move the team to Quebec. It's like, that's never going to happen. Like, it hmm. can't happen. You realize that we have to be division realignments. They won't do it. And Detroit and Columbus aren't going back to the Western Conference. So, yeah. uh, and Houston can get a team through expansion. They're not getting yeah. it. I, I fully expect to hear something for about our arena uh, here in the next, but well, before the end of the year, easily. I, and I don't think, you know, if Logan Cooley was serious about, you know, thinking that, oh, this team's not going to have a home and, you know, maybe I'm not going to sign there. Obviously, somebody told him. Mm. Okay, we're gonna we're, we got something here, and if, if it ends up being the uh, Andrew Marwell has got to buy buy the land and build the damn arena himself, then I think that's what he'll end up doing. He's already got a deal going out out in Vegas where he's building something else out there too. So you know, yeah. it's just a drop a you know, change in the you know change in the drop in the bucket, building an arena out here. I guess. Right. In Vegas. 
so in terms of the Coyotes, I would say, again, a team that you would expect to do better. 70 points last year, 28 wins. They're kind of in that mix, although it could come down to just how tough the rest of the division is. Which brings us to the team that finished in sixth last season, the St. Louis Blues, who I view as quite the wild card at this stage in terms of uh, 81 points last season, um, 37 wins. Are they better than that or are they not? Uh, they haven't had too many changes to their lineup, not as if they've they've needed it. Um, it just really comes down to that kind of core group of talent, the Bennington's, uh, Pareko, Krug, and Falk. It comes down to that primary crop of talent as to whether or not they can do better. There wasn't that like big injection of talent outside of Kevin Hayes, who was added to the team, which I do think, you know, Kevin Hayes being a third line center for them is pretty solid. I mean, you have Robert Thomas, Braden Shen, Kevin Hayes down the middle. It's a pretty good setup. But they're a team where it's like, I don't have too much to add because all I can go off of is what I've seen from Blues fans, which is, well, hopefully our core guys are better than they were last season. Yeah, their forward core, I think, is pretty questionable while their defense looks pretty damn good, at least like on paper and stuff like that. And they're putting a lot of money into it. They got three guys signed to six and a half million. So you yeah. hope like hell that they're doing that they're doing good. But like, like yeah, Robert Thomas is solid. Cairo is pretty damn good. They are still young. They're both that neither of them have hit the age of 26 yet. But I don't know. Like other than that, you have Shen, who's great two way player. Bushnevich, you're starting to get towards like and second line-ish type dudes. And after that, it, it, it just, it's just a steep drop off. You have like three guys who you could, yeah, probably first liners, at least top six on contending teams. But after that, it drops off in, in a huge way. Buchnevich, I still have some question marks about him. Sod is obviously uh, not the player he once was. And then it just seems like they filled out their lineup with like, a lot of those like borderline type guys, Kapanen, Verona, um, and you are think you guys expecting like them to be second line? Like it's it's a stretch to me. Do you expect Verona or or Kapanen to have a, a bounce back season of any kind? I mean, not on this roster. <laughs> I I, I could be wrong, but I don't really see it on. Maybe the extra playing time helps them, but I always felt like Kapanen and Verona but mostly Kapanen were more always like uh, products of their line mates. And if you're the blues, you're likely not throwing uh, Kapanen in Kairu's place to play with Robert Thomas. So yeah, I don't know. Solid third liners. Yeah. Jakob Verana uh, too was limited to 25 games last season with 16 points due to uh, being in the player assistance program. Uh, for yeah. a good amount of the season. So um, rooting for the guy, at least I'll say that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this blues lineup, you know, we've looked at two divisions so far uh, over the past week. And this blues lineup might be at the top of the list for like, OK, this could be a good season for you and you could be a playoff team or this could be really, really bad. And a situation that might not get better anytime soon for the reason that Sin mentioned, they have three defensemen. Uh, the Parecos, Krugs, and, and Falks of the world, 
um, that are at 6.5 million until at least 2027. All are 30 plus too. Not that that's like the end of the road, but I mean, it's like they're not getting younger. It's like you, you're, you're, you can arguably three of your high, well, yeah, three of your highest paid players and three guys that you really count on aren't really going to be around or be at the same level for that much longer. They're all like, obviously, Pareko signed a long, long time. Krug and Falk both have four years left counting this one coming up. But like, what what direction are the Blues taking? They're kind of in a weird spot where I'm not too sure. They they tried to do the quick turnaround. You know, they sold a lot. They got some picks and stuff like that. Time will tell how the picks and prospects pan out, how quickly they can insert them. But this reminds me a lot of the Sharks of a couple years ago, <laughs> where it's like, yeah, maybe you can try to do a quick turnaround, keep yourself alive, keep trying to push. But I don't know. So with that, before we move on to our next team, we did get started a little bit later today uh, than we initially intended. And because of that, we got to let our main man, Deke Slayer, go off into the the yonder and uh, keep his schedule on track. But Deke, at the very least, I do want to thank you for being here, of course. And again, it was under a positive reason this time, and hopefully the next time is even more positive. And, um, and to kind of wrap up the central real quick, if you, if you were, were going to do predictions, I think Dallas takes the division. And I don't even know if that's a hot take. It might honestly. not be. Yeah, no, it might not be at this stage. And the Coyotes um, finish ahead of St. Louis. There you go. Boom. There you go. There you go. It's, on, it's out Blue's there now. Getting it's getting mad, I don't either. care. Deke Slayer, most people listening to this already know. But what do you have going on? Oh, man. We got a lot of NHL going on. 24 is here, baby. It's a new hockey season. And, uh. I'm going to be just as obnoxious as I was the last few years, and, you know, I'm excited. Well, maybe I'll be worse. Who knows? But uh, we're going to have fun. And, uh, again, I apologize for being for, for having to keep it short, but I want to thank you guys so much for for being here, for letting me be here. And, uh, you know, I'm always over at uh, twitch.tv slash Slayer and ruining somebody's day and being the old man in the directory. So it's a there pleasure, and it's a thrill. And thank you guys so much. Again, I hope I can come back soon and stay with you, and uh, we'll get, uh, you know, we'll get mad about hockey. It'll be fun. Anytime you want, Deke. Anytime you want. Well, with that guy out of the way, now we can really talk shit about the Coyotes now that he's not here. <laughs> Terrible yeah. franchise. Move them. Move the team. Yeehaw. Move them to, to Houston. Yeehaw. Cooley's going to void his contract. Going to sit out. Go play in Switzerland. <laughs> teams. Josh Dona's a nepotism hire. I said it. He's a nepotism hire. He's going to go to the Maple Leafs to be with his dad. That's right. You thought Leafs went to Arizona? It's the other way around. Anyway, the team that finished in fifth last season, the Nashville Predators, uh, who missed out on a playoff spot by all of three points, but underwent a really, really bizarre offseason. The departure of Matt Duchesne, um... I say departure. It was a uh, it was a buyout. Uh, the trade with four million dollars worth of retained salary that sent Ryan Johansson to Colorado, and they bring in Ryan O'Reilly as a free agent. Uh, this is another team, and Luke Shen on a good amount of money as well. This is another team where, kind of like the Blues, I could see them being a little bit better. Than last year but i think most people or about the same i think most people though 
Maybe not better, actually, now that I think about it. They're not going to The amount better. of talent that they lost. They have some younger players that I really like that I think could step up. Um, I, I tried. I tried to will it into existence that I think they could be better. No. <laughs> They're just not, are they? They're just not. No. They're not going to hit 92 points again. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a bit of a bit of a weaker year in there. Yeah. Show, like it? I'm looking at the roster right now and I'm like who's the one C? Um it's Ryan O'Reilly. Sure <laughs> is. is making four and a half. It's a great contract, but he's not the Ryan O'Reilly of a uh, yesteryear. He's still great. He's still solid. Mm. Uh, he's not a one C anymore. Like he's 32, which isn't old by, you know, NHL terms, but for his play style this is this is when he starts, you know, not falling off a click, but this is the drop off, like, and his supporting cast, <laughs> Nyquist. Yeah, so their top line right now is <laughs> Forsberg, O'Reilly, and Yuso Parsonen. Um, you know, Philip Forsberg still a pretty underrated player in the league, very very solid. Parsonen was pretty good last year, twenty two years old. He was a bit of a surprise. The second line is an NHL franchise mode third line of Gustav Nyquist, Cody Glass, and Denis Gurionov. Yeah. I think that kind of sums it up right there, doesn't it? Like, you do yeah. have one of the best goalies in the world, unless you're asking NHL. Um, 24, that is. You do have UC Saros in goal still, but he's going to have to do some pretty heavy lifting if there's the the thought of Nashville pushing for a playoff spot. And we know what happens to a goaltender eventually when he's has to continue to carry a team on his back. Eventually it stops. Like it's uh Saros is great. I love him. But how much longer can he keep carrying this team? He's still in his 20s, which is great, but I don't know, man. Like they're seeming to really rely on that, you know, picking up uh, O'Reilly. His biggest asset is his great defensive play. Um, most of their money is in their defense, though. Yossi's 33, McDonough's 34, Barry's 32, Luke Shen, who they picked up, is 33. They're That's top four likely your top four. Yeah, they're 32 to 34 years old, the top four yeah. on Nashville. So. And you don't really have that younger defenseman on the roster. Like the youngest guy who might be a regular in the starting six is, is Dante Fabro, and he's 25 years old at this point. Yeah, he didn't quite pan out the way a lot of people expected. Yeah, NHL caliber guy, but a lot of people were thinking like, oh shit, like he's the guy to yeah. kind of break into that. You know, it's like, oh, okay, well, they had Shea Weber and Ryan Suter and then Roman Yossi. And it's like, can Dante Fabro be that? And the answer is no. Um, yeah, I, in looking at the roster, I wanted to be more optimistic about it. Uh, it, it's just, it's not going to happen. Um, no, I don't think, obviously like you look at the teams we've talked about so far, Chicago, they're not worse than last year, Arizona. They're not worse. St. Louis, they might not be significantly better, but they're also not worse than they happened to be last year on paper. Nashville yeah. was that team where you look at the departure of, of Duchesne and Johansson and uh, uh, Ryan O'Reilly does not offset the loss of, of those two players, especially the the skill that a Duchesne brings to the lineup. Even if you could say, well, 
in general, the team will be better because the locker room culture will be better and there's a new type of leadership there. But how far can that possibly carry you? And I don't think it's going to carry them to 42 wins or yeah. more. I don't think so. The team that finished in fourth last season and another team that could be in that similar spot of not exactly being better, uh, the Winnipeg Jets, who last season were in the wild card in the Western Conference, 46 wins, 95 points. And we just talked about how far can UC Soros carry Nashville? How far can Connor Hellebuck carry the Winnipeg Jets? especially in a contract year where he said he doesn't want to be on the team if they're not going to be competitive. And they, you know, in terms of off-season moves, had a big departure in terms of Pierre-Luc Dubois. I do think they did well in that trade, bringing in Gabriel Velarde, Alex Iafalo, Rasmus Kapari. Like, it's injected a good amount of depth in that lineup. But you also had the departure of Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley is also in the same exact contract situation as Connor Hellebuck. It feels like they need to kind of make a decision about where they are and where they want to go. And that's not a good decision to end or a good situation to enter a season into no. is needing to make a decision. Mm hmm. Yeah, or waiting and seeing. Like, that's never, that doesn't instill a whole lot of hope up and down a roster or a fan base where it's like, all right, well, we'll see how we do. And that'll kind of dictate things because the, that's, you know, that's where the players are. And you want to try to get the players to stay, right? You don't necessarily want your management uh, vision to also mirror the player vision. Like, I know that kind of sounds weird to say, but you like if Hellebuck is like, I don't know if like I don't want to be there if uh, we're not competitive and then management's like, let's see what happens. You're going to stretch right. yourself to the point of like, who's going to like maybe someone's going to need a goalie at, at some point. But he's a six point nearly six point two mil goalie. Hmm. Shifley, much easier move. Teams always yeah. want centers. Austin. Yeah. <laughs> Please, God. Um, yeah, I, again, so much, and it's kind of what I was alluding towards with the Coyotes, is so much of their potential success hinges upon, I think, what happens with some of these other teams who don't have that kind of clear-cut outcome for this upcoming season. Uh, and the Jets are right there because of those question marks. Um you know, I, I mean, I do think, you know, hey, like, hey, Josh Morrissey had a big breakout last season. He was almost a point per game on the blue line. They have good aspects to this team. You just don't know how long some of those good aspects are going to be around. Uh, and then what happens afterwards? You know, you, you trade a Mark Shifley, you're not immediately getting a player of that caliber right back. You trade a Connor Hellebuck, it's not going to be for a Connor Hellebuck-like goaltender. So, and then if you keep them, what, and is it better to keep them? Beyond this season, like if you can lock them up long term, I mean, hey, not the best or uh, not the worst outcome in the world, maybe not the best either. But it's also that situation of is it the best for you to keep these guys or is it better for you to kind of cash out now and say, you know, it sucks. But our window was there when they made the, the conference finals. Bufflin was still on the team and everything was looking somewhat OK. 
it's okay to be like, you know, we missed that bit of a window and let's, let's figure out the future. Yeah. Um, the th- thing with Shifley though, like he's, he, while he's 30, going to be 31 when that contract expires, he's probably wanting six years minimum. Like everyone yeah. towards the end of their career wants a longer term contract. They want that security. And I don't, I don't think there's any way he's going to take like a three, he wants a three or four year extension or something like that. And that's probably the best move for Winnipeg if they wanted to keep him was not go too long term because you want to be able to bail when, when you can. But yeah, they're just they're There's kind of in an awkward spot. They're in an interesting spot, too. We talked about with Columbus, the idea of Yarmo Kekalainen having been there for over a decade and not having made it beyond the first round more than once. Kevin Sheveldayoff has still been the only GM and executive vice president that this organization has known since moving from Atlanta. He has been there for all 12 years now of their return to Winnipeg. And I just wonder... You know, if they do go the way of the retool, is is he the guy? Or do you want a new voice in there to try and bring about this, whatever this new era could be? I'd be very intrigued to hear from, from Jets fans. I mean, yeah. it, you know, because we had the conversation your first season on the podcast about Doug Wilson. And if he was the right guy to lead the Sharks in the future, obviously some things popped up. He's not there anymore. Um, but I'm intrigued, you know, obviously the Sharks were an uber competitive team for a great amount of his tenure in San Jose. That hasn't quite been the same situation for the Jets with Shevel Dayoff or Kekalina with Columbus. So I wonder if fans would have that same kind of loyalty towards I, those GMs. I would say I hope not, because uh Doug Wilson made some banger moves, like some banger trades throughout the course of his of his uh, tenure with the Sharks. And I don't think Shovel Dayoff has had nearly the same impact in that regard. Uh, I'm trying to think of like a couple, but I mean, the jumbo trade like Carlson pursuing Tavares, even though he didn't uh, sign here. There's, you know, even we even pursued Stamkos when that was a thing like Hmm. Doug Wilson was always in the mix, trying to make the team better, trying to win them a cup and, and things like that. And yeah, hindsight and what happened with Carlson, that one didn't pan out too well. But again, harken back to when the trade was made, everyone said, you know, it's a steal for San Jose and stuff like that. I, my, my opinion was, yeah, he should, you know, try, let's see, let's see what he can do. Let's see if he could navigate this thing. Obviously it didn't work out. He steps down due to health and stuff. And we have a new direction now, new GM, and yeah, I like what he's doing. I, I honestly, yeah, I think Winnipeg could benefit from a new GM. Uh, I don't think they would have the same amount of loyalty, and I don't think they should have the same amount of loyalty that some of the Sharks fans had to Wilson. You know, it's funny you talking about just the the history of Doug Wilson. There, it was almost Vegas esque before Vegas. Always in on the big names that happen to be out there, without you know, immediately like moving Patrick Marlowe or Joe Pavelski. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Until so. the one time we let, yeah, the, the worst decision was just having Pavelski walk. Cause he didn't want to give him that third year. Guess what? He's on his fourth or fifth year since leaving. And he's still productive as fuck. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you, 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 you went with Kane. I think that was honestly, I really think that was Doug Wilson operating outside of his comfort zone of his element. Like, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't, but 
I just felt like that wasn't a very Doug Wilson move. They held on to Thornton and Marlowe for forever. They signed Couture long-term. You signed Vlasic long-term. Why did you... I think he listened to the wrong people on Pavelski. I think he's like, uh, oh, he's losing the skating and then his getting up there. You have Patrick, you know, you got, you have Vander Kane, who's the, the new goal scorer and things like that. But the thing was Pavelski's biggest part of his game was never his skating. doesn't matter if that falls off with Marlowe. It mattered that that fall, fell off. So yeah, may not wanting him to give him that extra third year. That was a good decision, but you didn't have to do the same thing with Pavelski. So Jets fans, while it might seem like we uh, strayed away from your team a bit, I would say think about that as a fan of a team and kind of the the ways in which this can go as to whether or not you're happy with Shevel, you know, Kevin Sheveldayoff being the guy moving forward and just kind of the similarities that have been out there with other teams. Um, and even if you are, a new look can be immensely beneficial. I'm very warm to it now <laughs> there you go the team that finished in third last season 103 points 46 wins the minnesota wild mm. half expecting endo to yell soda uh he's too tired that's how you know soda! <laughs> there you go there you go well it's funny someone's uh, i think it was aj who left a viewer question I'm like can you do the gilbert voice again and i'm like one he's gonna be way too tired and two those are for special moments you can't oh force God. it every podcast, all right? It'll lose yeah. its luster. Like asking um, for that same story at bedtime every fucking night. It's like you're gonna you're gonna like hate the story eventually. Like, it loses its luster, like you said. Can you read Jack and the Beanstalk for the fifteenth time, Dad? He climbed no. up the fucking stalk, and then he saw the giant. And then he said, "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> the Minnesota one. <laughs> and then he fucking fell and died. The end. Now go to sleep. <laughs> uh, so despite the cap hell that the wild still find themselves in from 14, nearly $14.8 million in dead cap. Thanks to Zach Parise and Ryan Suter. Uh, they have still lined up a playoff caliber team. Um, you know, I think the goaltending duo of Philip Gustafson, who had a 931 in 39 games last year, and Marc-Andre Fleury is one of the strongest in the league. Defensively, you still have Jared Spurgeon and one of the best defensive defensemen in the league, Jonas Brodeen, leading that core. And then from the forward perspective, you still have Kirill Kaprizov. They just re-signed Matt Zuccarello. Um, and Marcus Felino for that matter. Matt Boldy's locked up until 2030. Uh, they have that good mix of high-end skill, the grit, the defensive structure, and the goaltending. Uh, this is a team that will find regular season success and that are hoping that they are built for playoff success as well. And I, I can't really envision. Like, obviously it can happen, but it would take kind of a... a brutal underperformance injuries so on and so forth for them to not be a playoff team yeah probably i i see next year as being the year where they probably can't keep it together but then again like i'm looking at all the what their contracts are the only guys that they'll maybe lose is like goligoski who's 38 anyway uh ryan hartman maybe Hartman's the big one 
Yeah, like, yeah, because he had that monster of the year. Was that last year? Was it the monster of the year or the year before? Uh, so he had injury troubles last year. Okay, but since year going before, yeah. to Minnesota, this will be his uh, fifth season there. Uh, he started off slow in his first two years. He was a 20, 30-point guy. And in 21-22, he had yeah. the 65 points in 82 games with 34 goals. Yeah, and then last it. season ran into more injury trouble. That uh, big, big season for him was the only season of his career where he played the full season. Yeah, if I'm not so, mistaken. The COVID year, he might have technically. But you get this point. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, that, that's the big one. So, like, <laughs> there's a big chunk of your offense if he returns to form. And, uh, again, Fleury's probably gone. Uh, is Gustafson the guy? Who else do you have? The one real, real upside I see for this team is the fact of when Kaprizov is on his contract year, they'll be back down to 1.6 million of dead cap. And mm. that's the year where you can reload and show Kaprizov, hey, we can push for the playoffs so you don't lose him. Because that's the real danger is losing Kaprizov when he's, you know, in the middle or maybe towards the tail end of his prime, but still kind of in the middle of his prime because he's a hell of a player and he kind of quickly became the guy for the Wild. Mm-hmm. I mean... I know a lot of wild fans talked about it. The idea of like, all right, most talented player in team history. Um, there are a lot of people who would already rank him over Marion Gabrick as like, yeah. this is the best player we've ever had in our franchise history. Probably. Um, yeah. I can't necessarily say those people are wrong. Uh, Marion Gabrick, one of my favorite players growing up and one of the best consistently in the league, but Kirill Kaprizov has been unbelievable. Um, better than I think anyone could have expected. Yeah. Joining that team and, yeah, that's that's almost a, a Matthews like fear at this stage already, I would say is just, you know, the, they have a solid team now and who knows if they can go on a run with the, the core that they have. But yeah, what happens in those those couple years from now when that deal is up and, you know, will the convincing be there? But yeah, that is uh, that is 2026's problem. Um, I, yeah, I, I would think they're a playoff team again. It, it would really take Winnipeg, St. Louis, I think being better than some people expect. Like I expect the blues to be able to push for the playoffs, but it would be tough to, especially if there were to only be three teams from the central, which I don't think will be the case, but it could be, um, there's going to be a good team or two that misses out on the playoffs in the West just due to the playoff structure the way it works yeah. i don't think it'll be minnesota though yeah i think they're going to squeak in for this year next year next year i don't know but the one thing is that like you said they're a playoff team while still having 14.7 million dollars on the cap right now you know mm -hmm. next season they still have that 14.7 but then 2025 2026 when they have that freedom because it's only gonna be 1.6 it's gonna be basically the ability to not only just grab like a couple few players because, like, their, their team's strong right now as it is. Like, they got rid of some guys. They brought some guys in. But at the same time, if you're fielding a team with $14 million on the cap, like, against you, imagine how strong your team's going to be or what's going to happen in the few years when you have to pay those guys who are on ELCs if there are any on that team. There's, like, Connor DeWar, Patrick Broom making, like, eight hundred k But... In two years from now, you're going to have a lot more money to spend around and get people like paid. And yeah. if from what it looks like on their contract situation, you have to worry about paying Kirill Kaprizov 
because when you have that money freed up, you have it for one more year at nine. And I'm pretty sure he's going to want to sign up your, his contract that same season. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. The team that finished in second last season. And as we heard, Deekslayer's choice to win the division, the Dallas Stars, with 108 points, 47 wins, finished one point behind the division winner in Colorado. And this is a team that got stronger right mm-hmm. now. Matt Duchesne is expected. At least Cap Friendly has Matt Duchesne on the third line with Mason Marchman and Tyler Sagan. <laughs> I mean, they have some depth. If Jamie Benn cannot blow it in the playoffs, um, they have depth to work with. Um, I do still think they're missing like that one extra impact defenseman, uh, but they are a very, very well-rounded team, uh, led, of course, by the Finns, because that's the key to success in no. the NHL, build around Finns. Yes. <laughs> They're going to be good. Like, again, the idea of them missing the playoffs, it would it would take something drastic for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I there's not no. too much to add because, oh, yep, good team, good. They're so good. <laughs> like, they're so good. And I, 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 yeah, I'm 100% on board. I think they win that division. Like, I can't say by a landslide because Colorado still has, you know, who they have. But uh, – this team is really good. Like you can argue maybe their back end isn't super strong, but it is because you have incredible A plus talent back there in Miro Heiskinen, who is still getting better. Mm. And if he was on the East Coast, he would be, you know, hailed as the, you know, the best defenseman on the East Coast because, well, he's better than who they say the best defenseman on the East Coast is right now. Pew, 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 pew. Shots fired. <laughs> Get fucked, Adam Fox. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's really tough with a team like this. I mean, the top line is still projected to be Robertson, Hints, and Pavelski, for God's sakes. And that is still such a sick top line. Um, obviously, I think the expectations on Ottinger will be a little bit lower. Um, but I think in general, that's probably an adjustment that the team makes as a whole. And with the coaching is to not have to rely on him uh, to post. I mean, it was a 954 in 21-22 when they lost to Calgary, was it? And then last year, 19 playoff games, he only had an 895. Um, he is still a young goalie, though, at 24 yeah. years old. Um, I think last season... You know, they always talk about, oh, the championship caliber teams and the wake up calls that they needed and the, the, the learning moments. Uh, there's a really good chance that last postseason will serve as one of those big learning moments uh, for the Dallas Stars in the playoffs for the younger guys in the lineup. And then again, you add someone like Matt Duchesne, who uh, doesn't have to be in a leadership role on this team, which apparently was the big fault with him. Like he can just play his game and put up points, especially if he's playing next to Tyler Sagan. That's going to be a very beneficial partnership uh, for both of them at yeah. this stage. So, yeah, it's going to be another good season in Dallas. Definitely. And that brings us to the team that finished him first, the Colorado Avalanche, who I have mentioned franchise mode rosters. This is a franchise mode roster. <laughs> it's the only way 
I can think to put it. Their top line right now, right to left, Rantanen, McKinnon, Jonathan Drouin. Man. <laughs> it, this is your chance, John. This is your fucking chance to live up to the whole top three overall pick uh, billing at this stage. It might be at age 28 and a lot later than you thought, but this is your fucking opportunity uh, to live up to that maximum potential that Tampa thought they were uh, getting with you and then Montreal subsequently after the Sergachev trade. Uh, yeah, this is the best opportunity of his career to to be the guy that it was thought that he could be. And the rest of the team is is kind of similar. You have Lekkinen, Ryan Johansson, and Valerian Nachushkin on the second line, which is, is very, very good. Uh, Miles Wood, Ross Colton, and Thomas Tatar as a da -da. third line. Such a franchise mode line. Three guys known for being elsewhere. Um, and then defensively, they pretty much kept it together. Taves, McCarr, Gerard, and Byram. And then Jack Johnson and Josh Manson is slotted in as the third pair right now, which is hilarious to me. Um, the biggest thing for them, they're without Gabriel Landeskog again, um, which again, I hope the guy comes back, but boy, is it looking unlikely. And then goaltending, uh, Pavel Francos, who was kind of the, he was the backup to Georgiev last season, is going to be out, I believe, for an undetermined amount of time right oh. now. So they have Georgiev leading the way and backup goalie Eustace Anuin, uh, 23 years old. Yeah, only played two NHL, oh, yeah, only played two NHL games last year. Didn't do very well. Uh, they're going to be counting on him to kind of step up or they could very well be in the goalie market. Yeah, <laughs> I'm <laughs> I didn't know that about Francis. I'm looking at cap friendly. It, it just shows him on the roster. I didn't say anything about the in. Oh, because he probably wasn't placed on IR yet. Um, no. That sucks for them. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, again, that, that's one of those things, right? Where it's like you see that team on paper and it's like, OK, it will take injuries or just kind of an unforeseen collapse of a lot of players having a, a career low year for them to be in any sort of danger. Um, but as we have already talked about the idea of running a goalie into the ground, uh, mm. you don't want to risk that with Georgiev who played nope. a career high 62 games last season. Um, but still, it's just that idea. If you don't want to run somebody into the ground too early, I still yeah. think Colorado's a playoff team. But we've seen it before, like the wear and tear of the regular season and the effort just to get in. By the time you get to the playoffs, you're pretty much out of gas already. Uh, that's not a, an impossibility with this abs team no. this year, as strong as they are. Yeah, and I also wonder about I, I feel like their third pairing is pretty weak. Um, <laughs> to yeah. put it kind of mildly. And the. <sighs> I could see them, if, you know, in the playoffs, really shortening the bench, especially on the back end and probably a little bit of like sitting the fourth line, too, because when I'm looking at their potential fourth liners, it's kind of like a maybe in a who's who. But um, that's going to be tough. As you mentioned, fatigue becomes a factor. Now, good news is, you know, McCarr and Gerard are super young and they could carry that load. But that's them. Um, I don't know, man. 
it's I, yeah they they're they're gonna take a step back i think that's just what it's going to be but they're still going to be a good team and i think they could still make waves in the playoffs i'm still very high on, on georgiev you know i think fucking new york man they had two incredible goaltenders obviously you got to get rid of them georgiev could could really really just like explode i think he's one of those guys that could like take over a playoff series and that might be what colorado needs you know come that time yeah so all in all with that the central division uh could end up being pretty similar to last year it's Another one, I don't think it's quite to the extent of the Atlantic where it's like, oh, God, what's going to happen here? Because, you know, like, again, the odds that, like, Chicago pushes for a playoff spot. Slim. Could happen. You never know. Doubt it. Um, but it's still an interesting division to keep an eye on just because of all the different little uh, kind of factors going on surrounding it. That said, we will look to wind things down for today. We have one more preview to go. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for this next one. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm excited, too. This this will be a good one. It will serve as a uh, Metro Division preview, but at the same time, not quite, uh, because our guest this time out, uh, if you are a Seattle Kraken fan, you will know him well um, as he is a broadcaster with the Seattle Kraken, the host of their uh, Signals from the Deep podcast, uh, Nick Olchek is going to be on the show this upcoming week uh, to talk all about the Metro division, the league in general, and obviously the Seattle Kraken for this upcoming season. So very, very much looking forward to that later on this week. Uh, That is, uh, yeah, that's this Thursday. Is it not instead of Friday? It is this Thursday. Um, Again, we had some schedule changes here and there, but yeah, that'll be this Thursday October 5th, so you might be hearing it on the 6th. But, yeah, look forward to that one. Um, It's going to be fun, to say the least. And then, again, uh, the NHL regular season starts just over a week from today, which is uh, also exciting to finally have the the action get underway. For now, Endo Mills, are you ready to take a nap? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Didn't add much to the conversation. I am exhausted uh too too much the answer is yes (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah thumbs up i want my bed sin for the win yes sir what do you got going on a lot nhl 24 has not officially arrived but arrived for me and a lot of us and i got uh be a pro series underway and a Boston Bruins franchise mode underway on my channel, which has just uploaded as of one minute ago. Maybe. I mean, that doesn't matter because they're going to hear this hours later, but <laughs> yeah, c- come check it out. And because apparently Tugi's also doing a Boston one, we're going to see who can win more cups. Hell yeah. Head to head. It was a, it was a somewhat last second decision for me, but when I saw that NHL, I decided this morning too. There <laughs> you go. Like, ah, fuck. <laughs> they got the new look, you know, it's a new look. It's a new era for the Bruins. Like we talked about on our Atlantic breakdown last week. So, Hey, make sure to check that out if you haven't already. Uh, but yeah, there'll be a lot of NHL 24 content for me as well across the board. And uh, yeah, we'll see how she goes. Um, especially when again, those rosters, are trash 
with that, we will see you all later on this week. Thank you for listening to another edition of the podcast or watching. And we'll see you next time.